0: Welcome to Tantra Cafe, this is Laurie Handler's, your host, and this program is a program for spiritual enlightenment, and I love this show, this is really, this is what I do in my life that is, probably brings me the most joy, I adore letting people know about Tantra, so thank you for tuning in, just to let you know, you can follow me at on Twitter, you can follow me on Facebook. And you can write to me about myself or any of my guests at tantra lauriehandlers at tantra.com. In the 70s, John Lennon from the Beatles and his wife, Yoko Ono, famous artist, held love-ins from their bedroom. The Beatles sang a song, All You Need Is Love. Today, there are many people believing that the more orgasms we have, the higher the vibration of the planet. My guest today believes that we can heal the world from our bedroom. My guest is Dagny Ann Bach. She is the minister and doctor of divinity. She's a tantric educator, and she's a wise body coach. She's been a wise body coach for over 10 years. Most importantly, Dagny is a sacred sexuality advocate. That's what she calls herself. And Dagny and I have known each other for years and years and years. We we started pretty much on our Tantra journey around the same time. So Dagny, welcome to my show.
1: Welcome. Can you hear me all right?
0: I'm so glad you're here. And um, so tell us a little bit about what, what, well, first of all, so our show, we're going to talk about how we can heal the world from the bedroom.
1: Can you hear me?
0: How do we do that? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Right. Okay.
1: Um, I know. I mean, it's like it's like outrageous. We can't even heal each other, let alone heal the world from our bedroom. But of course, we really can. And um, I guess you break it down into. I mean, we have to start from the beginning. I mean, why can't we, first of all, even heal each other? Because everybody loves to have sex, and yet um, I'll notice that um, people that come to see me, uh, couples, um, even uh, even single people, they'll say, "Well, yeah, I just had this beautiful lovemaking session, and then we got in an argument right after." or we left the bedroom, or even before? And and so, how can that happen? It's because it's so many different things. But we start. I get. We have to start somewhere. And I always say, you have to start from where you are. And everyone's different on their journey. As you know, if you're if you were brought up with religion, and I'm not to say anything bad about it, but you know, I mean, go
0: ahead. Sexuality has been
1: given to that name. <laughs> so something
0: bad about it. <laughs> we got,
1: and with religion, sexuality has been given a bad name, name been relegated to the bottom of the barrel.
0: <laughs> so are you saying, let me just ask you a question, are you saying that people's, people got wounded from religion? I mean, let's, we gotta, cause you're talking about healing, right. so where did people get their original wounding in your opinion?
1: Well, first of all, most religions, and most of us were brought up with some kind of religion or religious background, they condition us to believe that, um, you know, our sin is self, that the, the only sin is self-abuse of the body. But really, it's the opposite. It's the, the real sin is actually abusing the body by ignoring and despising it. But then, of course, oh my gosh, you want sex, so then you have sex, and then you're into denial, and then you go back to... So it does start when we're very young, and I mean... I have the opportunity because I'm a grandmother to watch from the awareness that I didn't have when I brought up my children, my grandchildren, and to see how very open they are. And they're sensual, sexual little creatures walking around without clothes and being so proud. In fact, saying things like, oh, I'm naked, naked boy, naked boy. And, you know, my granddaughter just like kind of just, doing somersaults with no clothes on and laughing. That's how innocent our sexuality was. And then... Yes, well, depending on who you were and what kind of family you were brought up, you know, depends on when that changed, when you realized that Mommy and Daddy felt very uncomfortable, even to the point where they might have said in some families, you know, you're a really bad, bad little girl and boy, and you're going to burn in hell if you touch yourself. And, and and you know the list goes on and we all every single person on this call all they have to do is just think about their childhood. and that will give them a total indication of where they are right now in terms okay. of of their of their consciousness
0: in their body so so and then how do they determine that there needs to be a healing to take place like how huh? Is it because they, where sex is so hyped up in our culture, or for women they read like Cosmo, and then they find out that they're not, they can't, they're not performing, or their partner's not performing, up to the, the how do people determine that they need a healing? Well,
1: you know, you're right, it's either in the society, there's a love and hate, Relationship going on with sex. It's okay to watch TV. It's okay to watch pornography in the privacy of your own home. You know, it's okay to walk around um, into sex cells for everything. But then, it's funny. You can sit at a table with a, a, a luncheon and they can talk about anything. They'll even tell you they that, that they just went bankrupt, but they won't tell you <laughs> if you say. So how's your sex life? They look at you with this blank stare. So it's either people are repressed or the opposite, which is obsession. It's not really the harmony of going within and finding out. So first they have to find such a notice how they're making love. Are they making love? Are they having sex? Are they using is it as a, um, as exercise? Are they using it for manipulation? Where are they even when they touch them all, their own selves? Are they feeling like they just gotta get it over with? Or are they taking the time? Are they are they expanding pleasure to ecstasy to bliss? And there's a big difference. Everyone in this culture is so eager to get their two minutes of pleasure. Not knowing that there's a state of pleasure, but then there's a state of ecstasy that's above pleasure, then there's a state of bliss that's actually above ecstasy. And I would think that we and most of us all want to be blissful, and we think we have to wait till we die to be
0: blissful. So so if you so what I I mean I couldn't agree with you more. Uh I, I certainly am not gonna die to become blissful. Um I'm not gonna die at all as far as I'm concerned. And there is no bliss in death as far as I'm concerned also. It's the bliss that's here in life in the body. So if you call yourself a wise body coach, what is that? What what what, what exactly is that? Well, I feel that
1: wise. I thought about this because I've been on a spiritual path and I've also been into health. And there are many people that go, "Oh, I'm I'm on a tantric path." And I look at them and no no offense, but they're fifty pounds overweight. And so okay, so the body is is tantra teaches. That in a lot of a lot of ancient practices teach that the body is sacred. the body is a temple so does that mean that you're stuffing whatever you um, whatever without consciousness you're stuffing all this stuff into the body and um, and um, you um, and you're smoking and drinking and do all of these things and then your body is it's incongruent how would you how could you possibly think your body or feel your body is sacred? So I'm a wise body coach, meaning that it's not just one thing. It's not that I want to be spiritual and open my heart. And as you know, you know, you can't just say I'm gonna open my heart and jump um, from the genitals to the heart because the life force starts in the first chakra, and that is actually the the life force is got to do with being the in the genitals. It is ha it does have to do with sex because Even a butterfly (laughs) is pollinating the flower. It's a sexual act. Everything in this, in this universe is a sexual act. And isn't it amazing that we just, we're just so not able to admit
0: that. And yet. Yeah. So I can see, I, so what, I can, I can see what you're saying, that you would coach people in various aspects of their, of their life, whether it's their diet or their, habits, or what have you. And wherever they, and, and, wherever they are,
1: wherever they are, where, right. wherever they are is, is where they have to start. Wouldn't you agree? I mean,
0: they have to start where they are. Right, right. And then to actually admit, when we look around in nature, and we look around our universe, everything has a sexual component to it. Everything is a sexual act. It's it's what makes the birds sing. It's what makes the butterfly and the bee pollinate flowers. It's everything. And, there's a lot of denial about that in our world,
1: and even Wilhelm Reich, you know, I mean, who goes back to when Freud was around, you know, he had a beautiful. Um, if I could quote him and then explain, he's he after after studying and after experimenting with with people and orgasms, he wrote the orgasm is no longer a mere biological function used in procreation nor the side effect of casual pleasure. It is the very center of the human experience and ultimately determines the happiness of the human race, and I would like to add, and the healing of the sexual wound. Now, what does that even mean? I mean, what he's saying is, is that the body... Since we were children, we were all open. We had no armoring. And then that moment that mommy and daddy let us know, maybe not in words, sometime in words, but uh, certainly in their energy, it was inappropriate for us to be that open. And then we started to have, we started to gather armor. And I myself, you know, I was brought up in a nice little you know, small neighborhood in Nord, Massachusetts is a little Italian Catholic girl. And I was surrounded with shame and guilt around my around my body. I mean, I felt that oh my gosh, the first time I let a boy touch me, I felt so guilty that I broke up with him because I thought, oh my God, how bad he was But I had to be responsible for my pleasure and I had to be responsible. For me, um Reading and me researching and me questioning. Well, how can my body something be wrong with what I felt? It would be like it would be like you um, as, as a child. Mommy and daddy takes us to the candy store down the street, and they have the car and they have the money, and then we're in this candy store with all these things that we love, and then they say, no, no, you can't have one thing, or they stuff our pocket with the candy, and then they take us home and say. Don't eat that candy. I mean, it's
0: ridiculous. It's ludicrous. Right. I can see, uh, it's a good analogy. I can see how, I can (laughs) see how that makes complete sense. You're there and then you can't have what's there. So it's, so we'll, if you just tuned in. But in the
1: body, it becomes a festering wound and now it's stored in the cellular memory of everyone. Right. Right. Not even this lifetime, but for thousands of years, of the dark ages or the Spanish Inquisition. I mean, it's stored in that cellular memory, and I'm sure you understand that from from where you are with immortality. That
0: We're going to take a pause here. We're just going to take a pause here, and then we'll come back to that. So if you've just tuned in, you're listening to Tantra Cafe. I'm Laurie Hamlers, your host, and today my guest is Dagny Ann Bach, who is a Tantric educator, and she calls herself an advocate. For Sacred Sexuality, and we're going to find out more about that, how she does that advocation. We're talking about how it's possible to heal the world from the bedroom. So please stay tuned. We'll be right back.
1: Have you ever wished for an end to pests in and around your home, around your office? Stop paying for dangerous chemicals that can harm your children, your pets, and your clients. Today in Arizona and Florida, an environmentally responsible pest control company named Ladybug has set up shop to provide natural and organic pest control services. Ladybug can help you stop even the most persistent, nastiest bugs with green, organic products that are friendly to people and pets. In addition, there are franchise opportunities in Arizona, Florida, and throughout the USA. To learn more about Ladybug, Ladybug's home-friendly and earth-smart green pest control services, visit the Ladybug website at ladybugcorp.com or call us at 561-276-7600. Ladybug guarantees you
0: another eco-friendly, pest-free day, naturally. Wondering what book you should read to jumpstart your sex life and increase your happiness? Try my book, Sex and Happiness, The Tantric Laws of Intimacy by me, Laurie Handler's. This short, easy-to-read book will make you laugh at yourself and it may possibly make you cry as you discover my tantric secrets for happiness and how they apply to you. In the book, I begin with the 10th law, make love in the unknown. And then I work you all the way through laws 1 through 9 to teach you how to be in the unknown, fresh every moment of every day of your life. Sex and Happiness puts the innocence and love back into sex and gives tantra the respect it deserves. It's only 19.99 in paperback and 14.99 ebook. Go to sexandhappiness.com to order your copy of Sex and Happiness by me, Laurie Handler's, the host of Tantra Cafe. Thanks for staying tuned. This is Tantra Cafe that you're listening to, and I'm Laurie Handler's, your host. My guest today is Dagny Ann Bach and we're talking about how it's possible to heal ourselves and heal the world from the bedroom. And we just started to talk about how we how we were just talking about how we were let into a candy store by having this body. This is the analogy that Dagny used. We have this body which is a candy store and then what if our parents let us buy all this candy but they wouldn't let us eat it? So here we are in this candy store, so to speak, of the body, and then we were told no, we couldn't feel pleasure, we couldn't touch ourselves, we couldn't run around naked in the bliss of the body. So we were just there, right before we broke. So, Dagny, tell us some more about that. You were just starting to touch on my immortality.
1: Well, yeah. So you, then you understand it's the same um, concept of anything. If you want to. Um, Stay youthful and, 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 and imagine back when um, our parents or our grandparents were growing up. They would have never thought that you could look the way that we look as baby boomers now. We were the first generation. So it's, there is a consciousness to that. For some reason as we started looking at, I can remember looking at my, my grandmother and my great grandmother and on me asking my mother, well, why are they bent over? Why are they Well, that's what happens when you get old. And I thought in that split second, I'm not going to get old like that. I don't want to be like that. And so it's a matter of each one of us says, well, do I, I mean, do I want to have the pleasure I deserve? You see, actually, it's really, everyone has the capacity to heal within. And, And most assuredly, we all deserve a spiritually fulfilling sex life. In fact, but the only problem is in America that people don't understand, it's actually essential in order to mature and evolve as a human being. I'm gonna say this again.
0: It's actually- wait, wait, I missed that. It's essential to what? It's
1: actually in- essential in order to mature and evolve as
0: a human being. Because now it's, you're luckily- Sexuality and, is essential.
1: Exactly. A spiritually mm-hmm. satisfying sex life it's you to mature and evolve as a human being. You have to have that because now you're lovingly inspiring others in the process. You're actually bringing back the sacred to sexual love, and most of us have never heard sacred and sexual in the same sentence. In fact, with love, but or love making. But then the funny thing is, where does sacred even come into our lives, Lori? I mean,
0: where is it? Come well, it comes, well, sacred, I mean, I think the word sacred and sacrum are related. Sacred comes in, in in connection with other, sacred comes in with God and goddess, like a sacred, a sacred communion, a sacred, so, well, it's in my life that I, you know, I'm trying to get it into other people's lives, <laughs> <laughs> and you are too. You know, so so sacred sexuality. So you're an advocate for this. So when you're saying, I understand you're explaining it. How how could you say that you advocate?
1: Okay, then let me. Okay, so here's the thing. Um, I and I and this is going to be a little confession. Okay, so I have been teaching this. I've been practicing the principles. Um, with my self, self love, self pleasure. Um, and I don't even know if we have time to go into all this the difference between masturbation, self um, pleasure and then self love. But um You can I say, to it I, I have a I have a quote in on oh, the one that quoted this and I say sex as pleasure is a given. But sex is healing, evolving an ecstatic bliss is a conscious choice, moment by moment. And it happens by tuning into your body's deeper wisdom and allowing this to happen. And I myself have written this. I have just a gift that I can write and I have helped people in their lives and done all these things for over a decade. And yet, Lori, I was celibate for years. And, 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 and I've And the relationships I was in, even though I helped them to, for men, it's essential that they, that they, I'm not saying they stop ejaculating, but that they learn and experience and discover the difference between full body orgasm and ejaculating, and they'll make their own choice of what they desire. But they don't even know that that's that. It, it, that's open to them.
0: They don't know that it's possible before they yes. see you, or before they see me, or somebody else. Exactly. But go back to the go, be, because you you mentioned the difference between masturbation and uh and sacred oh. pleasure. Uh, what what is the difference? So masturbation, and
1: I'm not saying that anything's good or bad. We're just saying that masturbation is in all in all men and women will admit it is. Something that is a, it's actually mechanical because it is a a habitual sequence of events that happen over and over again. Now, it can be with, they can be masturbating actually with their woman or their man and they're actually calling it making love or they can be watching adult film or fantasizing whatever they do, but it's a sequence of events that happen over. Again, and they're touching themselves, and they're going from uh, an arousal of a zero to an arousal of a of a, to a ten where they ejaculated. The woman has uh, orgasm, uh, orgasm from her um, clitoris, which is similar, as you know, uh, as as a man's ejaculation.
0: <clears throat> so I, one of my guests, um, Destin Garrick, who was who appeared on my show, said uh-huh. that masturbation just so just so we're on the same page here he said that masturbation was something learned a habit learned to have a have an ending and a very quick one most people who learn he was talking about men in this case he said men learn to do a practice of touching themselves they usually are hiding and they're trying to get it done quickly because they don't want to be caught Again, by what you're talking about, by mommy and daddy. They don't want to be caught, but there's this need for relief or release. And so that's where the habit gets learned. That's where people learn about their own sexuality. They're like in hiding and they're hurrying. And so, uh, that's, that's how he defined it. And he said, uh, it, most people Need to unlearn that and learn other things because how can they expand or how can they go longer, prolong the feelings, the sensations, the bliss, et cetera, unless they bring themselves away from what you're calling their mechanical practices.
1: Right. And, um, and I always say, when men say, I say, well, you brought up in a, um, open family? Oh, yeah. I said, okay. So, and this is the an analogy I'll always use. It's funny you say that because I'll say, So, are you saying then that at dinner time, um, you throw open the door and say, Mom, Dad, look, I'll be late for dinner because I'm in my room pleasuring myself. (laughs) I would never say that. They go, I go, well then, were you really in an open? See, isn't it funny? I don't think they realize, they, they think that maybe they were in an open, just like a woman. She feels that, that that's the the most pleasure she can feel because she isn't even, doesn't even know, she's not even privy to how deep she can go. And, and it's the same with a man. He feels envious of a woman that can have full, more multi-orgasmic when he can be multi-orgasmic, but he, 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 it just takes a little more practice because he is contending with a biological urge. And you're right. What, what that gentleman said is so true. I say to my male clients, I say, go home. I said, open the doors. I said, walk around naked. I said, you know, start touching yourself, celebrating, light some candles, play some music. You're a man. You're not a little boy anymore.
0: Right, right, right. So, so you, so in this advocacy that you're talking about, you advocate that people grow up <laughs> yes yes exactly <laughs> grow I mean, up into their sexuality into their into their sacred sexual beingness is that you're
1: very you know it's a very we're a very immature sexually immature country and i say this because i travel in other countries and if i could give a quick example and then we'll get back in. I was in Holland. Now, we all know Amsterdam is very open. We all know there's a red light district. And a lot of Americans go there. And I was one of them just to see what it's like to walk down the red light district. And and to even, you know, and I was staying at a hotel that was right down the street from there. And I'm a very, as you know, a very sensual looking woman, very open. And so, obviously, um, you know, This man must have thought, I don't know, maybe he thought that I was one of them, because I was in the lobby of this hotel, a very small hotel, and there was somebody sitting at the register. Now imagine this in American America, what they would have done. So there was this man, and he was staring at me, and I was just sitting there, and he was staring. And then pretty soon, he was staring, and he was kind of like crouched down on his hands and knees, looking at me. And even me, as an open-minded woman, I walked up to the uh, to the to the person behind the desk, and I said, "You know, there's a guy, and he's crouched down on his hands and knees, and you know, he keeps staring at me. And then when I look, he crouches down. And in America, you know very well, they would call the police immediately, or or at least the security. Right. He looked at me in the eye and said, "Oh, it's no big deal." You're just down the street from the red light district. And it was like, God, you know you're
0: right. But why was he crouching? I don't get it. I mean... Because
1: he obviously, you know, probably also wasn't, he certainly wasn't Dutch. He probably was some American, I hate to say it, right? And he, and here I am sitting in the lobby, so he's looking through the window. And, you know, that's what the red light district is. You look through a window and you see the girl.
0: Oh, I see, I see. I didn't get it. I thought he was in the lobby too.
1: no, 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 and you know when you're when you're watching t v they're showing these commercials and they're showing sex, and it's no big
0: deal you mean in Amsterdam exactly,
1: and so it was like I'm thinking, you know how many times here did somebody you know you're in the grocery store and some guy standing there by Where you are, and he's not looking at you, but you can feel his energy, and it's uncomfortable, and you're thinking, "Is he a pervert or something?" But because I've been so trained and everything, you know, I will approach him and say, "Um, "Are you? Can I help you with anything? I mean, are you okay? I mean, do you want to talk (laughs) with me, or you know?" (laughs) I can
0: see you saying to him, "Do you need a healing?" Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and it, it shocks him so much that
1: he is forced almost sometimes to look me in the eye. But I guarantee you, Lori, when he walks away, he's feeling better in his body than he's ever felt. Because for men, they walk, they walk around and, my gosh, they are looking at women constantly. And they are feeling feelings and being turned on. But all the while, they are in their head and they are blocking it. And I tell men, don't go in your head. Feel it in your body. Feel it. Celebrate it.
0: Right. But the the price was too great. I mean, they were punished. I mean, what you're talking about is what you're saying is fine, but men were punished and they're not supposed to be. I mean, they're pretty direct in some situations, but they're not supposed to be that direct. They're called dogs. So it's you're talking about them walking a really fine line here. Um, well, they've been, mean, but
1: they've been domesticated and they, in the society, and guess what? Guess what happens when a wild animal gets domesticated? A wild animal.
0: I mean. Well, loses a lot of its. Oh, yes. Uh, it loses yep. its drive. It loses its, uh, the thing that very much makes it it. Yes,
1: exactly. You know, a wild animal isn't constantly killing and maiming and, and, um, And and just eating for the heck of it, like human beings do, I might add. No. But a wild animal, whenever, even when it's not hunting, it's prey, it's always a wild animal. It's walking like a wild animal. It's confident like a wild animal. Men need to get back that wild man in them. And they need to hang around women that are totally in their feminine. And when they hang around with women, they're totally feminine. Feminine women, they desire,
0: they, they beg to be, to be ravished in the bedroom. Okay, listen, we're gonna come back to that because this is, this isn't, this is, we're getting hot here and we're gonna come back to that. We're just gonna, we're gonna pause for a moment. So, uh, if you've just tuned in, you're listening to Tantra Cafe. I'm Laurie Handlers and I'm speaking today with Dagny Ann Bach who is a tantric educator. She's a doctor of divinity, and she started something called the World Institute of Sexual Enlightenment. When we come back, we're going to find out more about that, and we're going to find out about this notion she's talking about, about women wanting to be ravished and men needing to be wild animals. So please stay tuned. We'll be right back. Are you stuck in an area of your life, for example, having challenging or negative relationships? Are you feeling unfulfilled? Perhaps you're experiencing a lack of energy or possibly even tension in your body. I feel you need to call Kate Holt. Kate Holt is a core energetics practitioner. Whether you work with Kate in a group or in a private session, you'll feel like you're coming home to yourself. You'll become more comfortable in your own skin. You'll discover your unique gifts and be supported to bring them fully into the world. You'll be empowered to create the life you want and have more pleasure and fulfillment. Don't waste another minute feeling stuck. Really. Call 856-261-4900 for a consultation or visit www.kateholt.info. That's kateholt.info. Thank you for being with us. This is Laurie Handlers. I'm your host, and you're listening to Tantra Cafe, a program for spiritual enlightenment. And I'm speaking today with Dagny Ann Bach, who's talking to us about healing the world from the bedroom. So, Dagny, you just hit on something major here, I think, about men being men and women being women, at least being able to play in their polarities, and the feminine polarity and the masculine polarity. How will this heal the world?
1: Well, first of all, I, I want to preface it with this. You know, this is not some tantric um, idea or some metaphysical or woo practice. The idea of finding the god and goddess within each other and, 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 and actually discovering sexual enlightenment and divinity, it may seem quite foreign and even absurd to some in this country, But nevertheless, it has been real and a natural practice in ancient cultures for thousands of years. And I might add, this is where the results come in. This is the proof of the pudding. And in the cultures that it was practiced in, you need to know that everyone needs to know that in those cultures, there was not even poverty. There was no greed and there was no rape. There was no child molestation, and there was no war. And if people don't believe it, just pick up the book called The Chalice and the Blade by Brian Eisler that talks about a period of time then. So you see, that was long before religion came on the scene. So it is possible, yes, to heal each other and then put your intention out. And Taggart has a has a site called theintentionexperiment.com and when she was interviewed, she was talking about people, individuals who say, I'm going to meditate all day long and um, and I'm going to decrease the percentage of, uh, of crime in Washington D.C., for instance, which I had a really very high crime rate, especially during the summer. And so this group of people were professional meditators, and they were going to meditate, so they went to the mayor or the, or the governor or the
0: sheriff or whatever. And, of course, what are they going to say? In Washington, there's only a mayor. It's not a state. I lived there for 25 years. I,
1: I knew you did, right. So let's say you, there was very high crime rates, especially in the summer. So if they went to the mayor, the mayor was probably going to laugh <laughs> behind their back, but he wasn't going to say, no, we probably would say, go do it, right? But then yeah. it was documented that actually the crime rate did go down. And so intention is a powerful thing. And when Lynn Target was asked, well, what about a group of meditators? What about people that really didn't understand? They were meditating for some man um, that had, uh, I don't know, prostate cancer, maybe on the other end of the world. And, and she said, well, you know, people that are groups of people that are meditating, because they have different belief systems and the person that has prostate cancer might believe that only God can heal them or whatever, it doesn't work that well. But she said the only thing that does, that we've documented, that does work is a bonded B-O-N-D-E-D couple that a bonded couple that are feeling sexual, well, she didn't even say the word sexual, but bliss. It's like bonded. So,
0: wait a minute, I'm lost now. Are you saying, you're saying that these people who meditated, they were couples? I'm not sure where, you, I'm not sure what you're saying.
1: And they're professional meditators, right? Right. They, they do this all the time. And they wanted to try, like they went into Washington, D.C., and they brought the crime rate down. But that was sort of like, it wasn't like, um, it wasn't something where they were directed towards healing the, the world of their sexual wound. She was they, she was on an interview saying that, that usually large groups of people, because of all their different belief systems and everything, remember, with each yeah. person what they believe in, their condition, all of that. It's not congruent, but a bonded couple, one, two people. Yes. And I'm not saying it couldn't be two women or two men. I'm not saying that. You know what? Believe me, I'm open with that. But let's say the feminine and the masculine essence, bonded couple, can put out their intention of what they want to do. and And so let's bring it down to real. These are all examples are wonderful and me telling you all this, but I am now in a relationship with a man that we do this.
0: So, wait a minute. So, again, I'm lost because I know, I kind of know what you're talking about, but I don't know if anyone else will know what you're talking about. So, what is it that you do? You put put out an intention and then what? Okay, so let's give another analogy no, no. I want to know what you do. You just said I'm in a relationship and I do this. What is it you do? Okay. What do what you do? I do? Okay. Well,
1: what I do is that, first of all, I'm not a sexually starved, deprived woman. We, you have to start with that. You can't be a sexually deprived man or woman to do this because your consciousness is only going to be focused on your instant pleasure, your instant gratification. So okay. You have beyond that. So, okay. actually, so I am the goddess, and he is the god, and he is the, he is the king, I am the queen. You actually, it's not some little fantasy or some little play acting. I truly believe that I'm the goddess, and he's the god in that moment. He is okay. the most amazing pleasure, exquisite pleasure that is so long-lasting that after all of the instant gratification then I am feeling like I want to heal the world. So we start by the minute we enter the bedroom, we light candles. We light as incense. We I have an altar. You can't be real religious to do this. You know, I mean, I have an altar with, with um, all kinds of different goddesses on the altar and, and and pictures of people that I love and, you know, and, and, and all of this stuff. And we light the candles. We put it, we put on the most exquisite, loving music. And, and so we, we prepare. We prepare. Some people, they, they, prepare more for a, for a vacation they're going on, Lori, or a day at the beach than they do when they enter the bedroom.
0: Right, okay, I'm following you here. Okay. So you, so you prepare, and then what is it you do? So, and see, I'm a little mixed up. Do you are you sexually satisfied first or is this an ongoing practice where you're sexually satisfied you're the god and the goddess you prepare well, and well, then what and then what do you do
1: Well first of all I taught my lover to be able to make love for hours
0: right got that part
1: Okay and and and, and it's so that's why I wanted to preface it with the analogy of if you take a homeless off the street. And you say to him, look, let's help, let's feed other people and let's, I'm going to take you to a, a seven course event and I want you to make small talk and I want you to put your fork down, you know, each bite. Is he going to be able to do that? There's no way we would expect. So he's, he's, he first we have to give him three meals a day to make him feel good where he's going to go, wow, I'd like to help other people. I would like to help other people and I would like to feed other people. So you see, first you have to take care of yourself. Yes. So okay, you have-
0: I, I'm getting, I get it. You need to be filled up. Right. Part so of the healing process is filling up each other with really yummy, wonderful pleasures so that you're feeling full and abundant. Is that, is that what you mean?
1: Yes, and my, my lover was married for years, 20 years, 10 years, with two different wives, and never, never, never did he ever, and I'm not saying this to brag,
0: Lori. never did I, he, I'm just trying to figure out what you're doing. So you, you can never, brag. He, Listen, if it's healing the world, you can brag about it.
1: So he never was with a woman that was able to surrender and let go and have, like all women can, orgasms that are so rolling through your body that last, not for minutes, but for hours. So you have to, but I have to preface it. The man has to be able to learn how to make a woman feel safe. And I would wager to say that most women on this planet do not feel safe
0: in their body. I'm getting you. I'm I'm actually following you now. It took us a while to get there, but I actually am following you in what the premise is here, Uh, that women need to feel safe. They just need to feel safe. Men need to create a space, or together you need to create a space, in which the woman is going to feel safe, safe enough to really go there, to go there in the depths and the heights of where a woman can go, and that's going to... Add to the healing of the planet. I actually, I actually am following you. We're going to be right back, though. We're, going, we're we are going to be right back. I I want to mention that I recommend that people look up, go to visit theschooloftemplearts.com. dot The International School of Temple Arts, founded by Des Nichols, happens to be developing conferences and trainings worldwide, along with a consortium of practitioners and sex educators to work together to bring a shift in consciousness across continents, cultures, mores, and history. I mention this now because the stuff Dagny is talking about has to do with healing those wounds, those those splits, the whole history of shame, blame, and guilt. So I recommend that you go to the School of Temple Arts. Uh-huh. We'll be right back when we come back. Dagny's going to tell us a little bit more about what happens there in private and make some recommendations that you, too, can do so you can fill yourselves up and feel healed. I'm Laurie Handlers. This is Tantra Cafe. Please stay tuned. Many times on Tantra Cafe, you've heard my guests and me discuss emotional release techniques. Now you can do emotional release work in the privacy of your own home. In my CD, Shamanic Release in Latihan, I create a very, very safe and sacred space in which you can do the powerful work I'm known for in my Tantra courses. First, I set you up with the proper positioning and breathing, and then I guide you through emotional states to the beat of tribal African rhythms. Try the CD as an easy way to do your personal clearing work on a regular basis and watch your relationships walk free from emotional baggage. You can order my CD at ButterflyWorkshops.com for only $20. I believe you're worth it. I hope you do. Go to ButterflyWorkshops.com and get your copy now. And walk free from emotional baggage. Well, we're back at Tantra Cafe. I'm Laurie Handlers. My guest today is Dagny Ann Bach, who is a Tantric educator, a wise body coach, and she's an advocate for sacred sexuality. And she was just getting to the part where we were talking about women being filled up. Now, I, and I introduced this show talking about John Lennon and Yoko Ono. And Dagny, I just have to ask you, do you think this is the this was their secret? That they just stayed in bed in those love-ins and they just had lots and lots and lots of orgasms and felt filled up and felt they were going to change the world? cuz well, when I... As a tantrika, I actually look at it now as that's what they were saying.
1: Oh, absolutely! Unfortunately, in that time frame, uh, you know, that period of uh, uh, the government and um, was threatened by that. And you're right, because remember, they were in England and tantra. You know, I mean, they were they were hanging out with, um, a, I believe, wasn't it um, a gentleman who's uh, now dead, who was a guru, who was actually a tantric. Um, he 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 actually was tantric
0: himself, and that's right. Maharishi Mahesh, yeah, uh, was uh, was, exactly. was was. Well, there.
1: say that original tantric originated in India. Um, of course, now look how repressed India is now. But at that time, and you're right, they were totally they were totally. You see, it's not. I, I think we have to preface it. I mean, and I don't mean to. Criticize um, men and women in this country, but we have to explain to them because see they keep thinking Tantra is all about sex or orgies and everything, and they have no idea that really tantra wasn't even about sex at all; it was about how that you move the energy through your body to have enlightenment, and on the way you're you're feeling pleasure and ecstasy and bliss, but it's also I mean, the Dalai Lama, or even the book by this would help a lot of people. The book by Stephen Hawking, "Power versus, versus Force," talking about the frequency that that um, the Dalai Lama probably operates at a frequency of of um, uh, let's say that we're starting from zero to to, to to 2000 and an avatar is at 2000 if we saw the movie the avatar you see the connection to life to the planet to you know all of that and let's say that um where would a person vibrate start at and I always thought well what would be the lowest vibration I mean what do you think Lori would be the lowest vibration
0: I, I, I don't have a, I actually don't have a clue
1: I thought anger, you know, I thought maybe that would be the lowest vibration—anger or 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 um, or, um, or uh, uh, um, well, I thought anger or, or negativity. But guess what? The lowest vibration really is shame, shame, guilt. Shame. Oh, that's right, shame and guilt. So here you are entering the bedroom with your mate, and you have shame and guilt, and that's where your vibration is but you want to have some pleasure. And so you feel that you deserve it. Boy, you've worked really hard and boy, the guy's like, oh my gosh, he's taking care of four kids and he, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And he's listened to his wife complain all week and he deserves a little bit of pleasure, even if it is 20 seconds. And that's what the norm is for a man of his ejaculation. And so he, he's But they're but they're both going into the bedroom from that point, and they have the little foreplay. And he feels like, oh, I got to do this, I got to kiss her first, and oh, now I got to tweak her nipples, and now I got to, you know, um, maybe I'll just touch her, and hopefully she'll get juicy. And then he thinks, oh, she's a little juicy, but he doesn't realize that her being juicy is physiological. It's physical. It's physiological. It doesn't mean emotionally she's ready or open. And she might not even know because she's going like, okay, let's get this done with. I have a show I want to watch. And I'm telling you, this is sad, but this is what women will do. I got to talk to my girlfriend. I got to do this and that. And she knows she's got his number and all men laugh at this. They know that she's got his number. She knows if she does a little this or a little that, he's just going to ejaculate and that's it and da da da. And she goes watch her movie or whatever. But that's not what it's about. That's not what, she isn't going to be able to heal. She isn't going to be able to feel more juicy. She isn't going to be walking around like a goddess and and heal even her family. It's not going to happen in a couple minutes.
0: Okay. So I get it. So you've got it. So now we're back to what you were talking about. You prepare with the candles, because I want to uh, kind of reel this in. So
1: you, you
0: prepare with the candles, you light the incense, you put on wonderful music, and then what?
1: And then I look, I look at my partner, we look at each other in the eye, we're not afraid to look in the eye. And we say something that we got from Avatar, the movie. We say, I see you. And what does that even mean? I see you. Well, it doesn't mean I see your personality, I see you, you know, and you're all your problems and this. It means I see you. I see your magnificence. It's like namaste. You know, Lori, namaste.
0: People ask them again. Well, day I day know, day. but not everyone else knows, so we have so to the, say namaste means yes, I see the divine in you. I, I bow to the divine in you. Yes, yes. Yes. Right.
1: Exactly. And where do you think the divine resides? In our body. If we were to say, where in the body does it reside? We wouldn't say the head.
0: Well, I actually would say it resides within throughout me, who I am as a divine being and who my partner would be as a divine being. And it resides actually by looking in my eyes. You can connect with it, and it's all over.
1: So then actually the the eyes are the windows of the soul. And so the soul is actually the only... Actually, you heal... I mean, your sexuality is connected... To the soul, but there's a disconnection, and this happened very, very early on, most little boys don't even remember it, you know, they disconnected from their soul, from their heart, whatever they want to say, so I would say that it resides more in the heart, because the heart is actually the middle, so it's almost like there's three energy centers, chakras, let's explain to layman that their energy centers if you three have three energy centers above the heart and you're three below then the heart would be the middle and from there all of the energy and the frequency would radiate above and below and so so
0: so i just there's something though there really is something i need to ask you in terms of wrapping up and summarizing it sounds like you're saying that that men have to get healed first and then they can be present to heal women and there are people who feel this so this is I, i'm i'm not this is not a debate i'm just asking there are men who need to visit and he, and find their healing by visiting dakinis or by going to tantra classes they need to heal and hold and be big enough to then hold the space for a woman to heal, to also be healed. Is that kind of what you're saying?
1: Absolutely. And they don't even, you know, here's the thing. They don't even need to be healed because they will be healed from the feminine. All they need to do is start to learn or, or discover how to, or have the awareness to hold the space for the woman and get out of their ego, I'm sure you would agree, and stop seeing that it's only about you know bigger better orgasms because i say to them you see you want your woman to have uh, you, oh i want mind-blowing orgasms you see sex can only be so high and then it's going to fall but when it's deeper oh my gosh when it becomes deeper and you include your spirituality you include the healing and within a woman's womb it's the whole universe. The universe is just one one giant womb, expanding. It's not
0: contracting. Okay, I got it. Thank you so much. Thank you for getting there and explaining that. It gives it gives a more purpose for your work, my work, everybody's work who's yes teaching tantra and who who's helping to heal the world through healing ourselves, the microcosm and then the macrocosm. I I actually I get you. So then all we need is love, according to, you <laughs> know. Here we
1: go, right back to what you first said. Right,
0: right. So if you were listening today to Tantra Cafe, you have been listening to me speak with Dagny Ann Pop. And Dagny, how could people get in touch with you if they want to? How, how, should, how what's the best way to get in touch with you? What's the website or the phone Let's number?
1: They can go on to quantumsexuality.com. Quantum.
0: Okay.
1: Q U A N T U M sexuality dot com.
0: Okay, good. And that's where you will find Dagny Ann Bach, who is healing the world through the bedroom, and she's teaching you how to do that. And I, I, I really get it. And I want to let you know that next week, Tantra Cafe is going to have a warrior turned lover talking about his ten ways that you can become tantric 10 simple principles of tantra he's coming out with a new book and his name is sean rup he'll be with us next time dagny thank you so much for being my guest today i appreciate you and i appreciate the work you're doing and uh i'm saying namaste to you and to everyone out there
1: namaste laurie you're really wonderful
0: thank you you too namaste everyone See you next time on Tantra Cafe.